just share something with you. We do this every year. I just want to stay in this place of worship. <laughs> so good. This is, this is what our life is all about. We're here just to worship Jesus through everything we do. It's, it's the way we're intended to live. It's what we're designed for. It's what we're created for. So what a beautiful thing when we actually come together as one and just worship the king. I, it actually draws the presence of the Lord. And so even now, I don't know if you can feel it, but I just feel the presence of the Lord in this place. All right, so that's not where I was going. But um, <laughs> every, every year, we, uh, at Christmas Eve, we take a few minutes and we acknowledge the, the needs of our community, and then we also get to celebrate the, the transformation that has happened even over, over the past year with so many lives as we've uh, just allowed Jesus to move in and through us to impact other people's lives. And I want to thank you all just for your generosity over this past year, for the lives we've been able to impact and touch. And it's, it's not just about helping people. It is about helping people. And there's so many in need. This year, more than ever before, <laughs> there has been such a need, uh, a physical need. And, uh, and I felt like it's almost like the Lord just teed us up. And we have been able to do so much thanks to you guys, thanks to your generosity, and, uh, and thanks to just the Lord's hand moving and doors opening. And I don't know if you saw the, the uh, as you walk in on your right-hand side, but we have a large 21-foot uh, by 12-foot walk-in fridge freezer now that's kind of in our foyer. Um, and we, we feed, we, we, we serve about five to 7,000 pounds a week of food out to people in need. Um, and just to, just to bless people. And then, you know, we partner with Douglas County. We have a, a food bank or a, a, a winter shelter network where we, we, uh, um, we house the homeless women, children, uh, all during the winter months. We, we have meals on Thursdays. We, we do anywhere from 150 to 220 meals uh, on a Thursday evening where people come in and cook meals and we send them out and we give them to people as they come through, hot meals, uh, so much more. We have uh, every week um, a lot of families coming in and just saying, hey, we need, we need help. And every week we're, we're helping to, to pay for rent, utilities, mortgages, uh, car repairs, all sorts of things. And, uh, and it's, it's a partnership with, with Douglas County. It's a partnership with other churches. It's a partnership with you guys. As, and look, we're all the body of Christ. And it doesn't actually matter what church we attend. It's, it's one church. It's his church. That's the whole point. I think we get so segregated and so separated on, well, what are you doing in your church? What are we doing in our church? It doesn't matter. <laughs> what are we doing as the church? And, uh, and I could tell you, in this region, in this area, Douglas County, uh, and especially in Castle Rock, there's such a unity of the churches. We pray together. Pastors pray together every week. Uh, and it's a beautiful thing in, in, a, in coming to a place of unity. Uh, we partner together in ways of helping the community. But one of the things, as we help people in need financially, we also share the love of Jesus with every single person that comes in. And, uh, and we have seen, I can't even tell you the numbers. I, we're trying to figure out what the numbers were. I have no idea what the numbers were. But it's in the hundreds of people that have either given their lives to the Lord 
or recommitted their lives to the Lord. Coming into this church, and maybe have never stepped foot in a church before, uh, but because of what we've been able to do, using funds as that tool, as that resource to actually open hearts, open doors, and then share the love of Jesus with people. So again, thank you. I'm probably stealing from the, uh, the video you're going to see in just a moment, but uh, my heart just goes out to you guys. And uh, so we're going to, here's what we're going to do is we're going to receive an offering right after this video. And, uh, and it's, we call it our compassion offering. And so what it does is it goes to help people in need in our community in the coming year, in 2021. And I can tell you, um, it's probably not going to get better in the short run. It's, it's probably going to get a little worse. And I know we're ramping up as we're partnering with Douglas County. We're expecting numbers to even double uh, in the amount of needs that we have. And so I just want to encourage you, uh, just as the Lord leads, please not out of any manipulation, not out of any kind of, uh, we're not trying to tug at your heartstrings. Let the Lord just minister to your heart. And if, uh, if it's something that you want to sow into, uh, we would be very honored and, and we promise to steward it well. Everything that goes into the Compassion Fund goes to impact and bless people in the community. And it's not, it's not just people in the church. It's, uh, I, I think the number is about 80% of the people or over 80% of the people uh, that we help are actually outside the doors of our church. Um, so we desire to impact everyone in the community, touch the lives of people in this community, and we need your help. So last thing I'll say is uh, if, you, if you do want to volunteer in any way during, throughout the year at any time, come in. Uh, you know, Saturday morning is when we do our food bank, uh, but we have Thursdays evenings as our meals. Uh, we would love for you to volunteer. And I can tell you, everyone who does this, I'm seeing many of the volunteers, and uh, <laughs> I've heard people say, which I don't take personal, uh, they say, this is church. I enjoy this more than Sunday morning. And I'm like, ooh, <laughs> no, no, no. I love it. This is what it's all about. Uh, and this is where we get to bless people, pray for people. I can tell you, this year alone, we have prayed at just... Uh, as kind of a community uh, in the things that we're doing, we've prayed for, I think, over 10,000 people outside of our community, uh, which is much different than just previous years. And it's because of the opportunities that we've had through COVID and through other things. So these have, they've, these have actually been amazing opportunities for us. So with that, uh, oh, I was going to say, you can email us at familyattherock.org, familyattherock.org, and just say, how can I help? How can I volunteer? And we'll get you plugged in and uh, get you just helping people in need. So with that, let's show the video. Rock family, thank you for all your generosity. This year, more than ever, we saw you put your faith to work and demonstrate God's goodness by your willingness to share and to serve. 2020 turned out to be a very different year than any of us had planned, but you were quick to rise to the occasion and to help our community when they needed it the most. Because of your giving, we were able to help over 3,000 people this year. Now, sometimes it's easy to smile and nod at numbers like that, but I want the weight of it to sink in. Remember, every number has a name, and every name has a story, and every one of those stories matters to God. In addition to offering assistance to people, we are also offering the hope that we have in Jesus. We are praying with people, seeing their lives transformed by the power of God. 
Take a look at how Greg's life has been completely changed. Yeah, I want to share my testimony with you all. 24 months ago, I went through a, a very dark period, starting a, a, the advent of a dark period of my life. Went through a divorce, a very painful one, and lost a job, a dream job that I'd had for many decades. Uh, I chose alcohol as the catharsis, the, the panacea, and it only embellished in the problem and made a lot of poor decisions you know, based off of emotion versus intellect. Led me into a very dark, spiraling, you know, downward spiral. Um, some people from The Rock were out ministering and they found me and brought me to the Lord. I came to the service, the first service ever on Sunday, walked into the sanctuary and the Holy Spirit just filled my body with fire. It was absolutely breathtaking. Um, the Rock has so many resources that I personally have benefited from and I've seen a lot of friends benefit from. wonderful feeling. I've never been wealthier in my life now that I have the Lord, you know, seeing through the eyes of Jesus. And I've been able, I've had the good fortune, the blessing to pass it on and to help out other people to bring them to the Lord. And I'm very proud of that. Uh, I am so thankful for the people of the rock. It's amazing what God is doing. We're also seeing it on Saturday mornings at our food bank. As we pray for people in the pickup line, we're seeing healings and salvations. People who have fallen on tough times are showing up for food and they're leaving with so much more. When uh, Corona first hit, uh, it hit my, my business uh, pretty hard. Um, I had to lay off two thirds of my crew um, and it really cut my income uh, over half uh, is what I lost. So we end up, uh, we hear about the food bank that the church has, and um, it's super humbling. I mean, as a, as a guy, um, I have, my ego's massive, so, and my pride is even bigger. Um, but really coming here and getting a, a ton of food, which was awesome, um, really people just prayed for us, and that was really one of the, the greatest, or the greatest thing for me, um, as far as being ministered to, getting, physically fed and then really just being encouraged in the Lord during that time because it was it's a it's a tough task especially being new to the area your faithful generosity has made it possible for us to help families when they need it the most we're helping keep the heat and the lights turned on or to get the car repaired when it seemed like there wasn't a way when families in our communities fall onto hard times it's your generosity that helps them get back on their feet but we aren't just meeting their physical needs of food and shelter. We're able to go beyond that and give them the peace and joy that comes from the presence of God. There are so many great charities that do a lot to help people in need. But when you give to The Rock, our organization, and especially our people, use your gifts as a tool to open a door to minister to souls that would have otherwise never heard about Jesus. Listen how one family has made it their priority to reach out and be a blessing, and they're even bringing their kids into the process as well. 
It has been such an honor and joy to partner with others at The Rock this year and be part of the, the body of Christ and meeting the needs of those here in our community that have had a hard time this year. Not only are we meeting the physical and tangible needs, but we're opening up the door to make an eternal impact from being part of the Saturday Food Bank and getting the honor and privilege to pray with people and really get to know people and where they're at. And then also being part of going out into the community and meeting with local hotels here and bringing our children along and really making this a family event. There is no junior Holy Spirit. The kids are so vital and important to carry out this message of the kingdom. And we're just so honored to be part of that. Exactly. It's been nice to see how the kids have been um, impacted by that. Like they look for opportunities. Um, even now we, we've been helping out at the blessing room. And then I know um, you've been helping with the prayer line on Saturday mornings. It's like we all just do our little piece, but the kids just, just enjoy it. And, and I'm just excited to see what the Compassion Fund can do for the upcoming year and all the families that can be impacted. Even people are just going through hard times and 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 the church and with all the physical needs that we can give, but all the uh, money that comes along with that to impact their lives. I thank you for all the giving that has happened in the past, but just excited to see what we're all gonna do as a body for 2021. We are so thankful for all that you've done and all you are doing. Please continue to partner with us so that in 2021, we can help even more people. We would ask that you prayerfully consider what you can give to continue to make an eternal impact in the lives of those living in our community. So if we can get the ushers to come forward and uh, again, please don't feel any obligation to give, but uh, if you do want to give into this, I would just ask, you can either do it here online or using the mobile app that we have, but um, if you're going to write checks out, uh, uh, you can write them out to The Rock and then just in the memo, just write Compassion or, or Food Bank, that's fine, you can put it down there. If you are doing a tithe check, just write tithe uh, down there as well. Um, yeah, I just, I see this as, as kind of the Acts 2 model. This is where we, we share of the things we have. We give. Those that have, give to those that, that don't have. And you never know when that time is going to be. I can tell you a lot of the people that, uh, that have come in for help, they said, man, I never thought I would be the one in this place. I was always the one helping other people, and now I need that help. And so this is what we do to help out those in need, is we, when we're struggling, we can receive from others. And we just have to kind of let go of the pride, <laughs> like you heard on there. So uh, let's just pray as we, uh, as we receive the offering. We'll receive the offering right after, we, right after we pray. All right, let's bow our heads. Lord, we are just so thankful that we get to come and we get to worship you with our offerings. Um, I thank you, Lord, that... As the song says, you're worthy of it all. You're worthy of everything in our lives. And we just thank you that we have an opportunity to pour back into what your heart is, that you're helping the, the orphan or the widow or those in need. And Lord, we get to partner together as the body of Christ and come alongside those that don't have anywhere to go. They don't know where to turn. So Father, we just thank you for this, this opportunity. We give with joyful hearts, Lord, and we know that you are the giver of all good gifts. We give you glory this night. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Amen. I'm just going to share with you guys for a minute as we're passing the, the buckets here. And um, the, the kind of title of this service is Adore Him. And I just, as I was praying through this, I kind of was going round and round here. And uh, I'm just going to share from my heart just a few things that, that I feel like that maybe we need to hear today just to, to help. Maybe it's a reset, um, just an understanding of why we're even here, why we're on this earth. Uh, but I want to, as we tie this into the, the Christmas story here, which we need to do, uh, I'm going to take you to Matthew 2. And uh, so here we are, it's the story of Jesus' birth. But this is just after his birth. This is, uh, he's uh, just almost two years old. And, uh, and this is when the, the Magi come. And uh, I don't know how much you know it's funny, as I kind of begin to study this, it's like, I didn't really understand some of this stuff. So um, for me, it was good. I don't know, maybe you'll get something out of it as well. Um, but uh, in this time, right before Jesus' birth and even during, after his birth, it was one of the darkest times uh, in history. It was, uh, there was such oppression and taxation. Uh, the Roman Empire, there was a Roman Empire, and then there was the Parthian Empire or the Persian Empire, and they were kind of at opposite ends with, with uh, Israel right in the middle. And uh, so there was such oppression, especially from the Roman Empire um, over that region, and, and they had put people in charge. They put King Herod. He was the king of the Jews at that time. And, uh, and so it, it, was a, it was a very dark time, and uh, it's interesting a lot of times when things are at their darkest, it's when God does his work. And, uh, you know, it says that it's in Galatians 4. It says this. It says, but, at the, but when the time had fully come, and that it's a kairos time. It means at the very right time, God sent his son. And, and I was just thinking about it. I'm like, I think for any of us, if we were to go, gosh, what's the opportune time? you would go, that's not the opportune time. <laughs> that's really not the best time. Let's wait till things kind of turn, get, get a little better, then I'll send my son. But no, he actually sends him into the very darkest of the dark, the most evil times. And, uh, and so I think for us, I just want to start by just saying, look, if you feel like it's dark times, good, because that's when we shine brighter. That's when we become light. When it's bright, we're kind of like, we're light, but it's like you try to turn a flashlight on in the daytime and you really don't see much, right? But turn it on when it's dark and then you begin to see with the light. So, so here we are. Jesus is born. And uh, what's crazy is there's, there's two groups of people that come to worship Jesus. The First of all, you've got the, uh, basically the people that are homeless. It says that they're out with with the sheep, they're, they're sleeping um, in the fields. It says that they're sleeping in the fields. And they're the ones that actually get the news and get to come in and see the Savior when he's born and worship him, which is so beautiful. You would think, well, you know, if you're God, you're going to go, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick out, you know, all the, Im the important people. Um, and those are the ones that need to come. And, and Jesus... <laughs> And God, they had a totally different plan. And so the other thing I'll just say is, if you've got a plan, 
guess what? It's probably not his plan. <laughs> so get ready for it to get a little shaken up. It's okay. It's supposed to get shaken up. Our job is not to figure out things. Our job is to actually worship him. And when we worship him, there's something that happens on the inside of us. And there's, there's an empowering that happens where we actually now live life to the very fullest. When we try to figure things out on our own, I can tell you, by experience, it doesn't work very well. So the, so the Magi come. He's, it's, he's just about two years old. And, uh, but what, I'll just read this part. They, uh, in Matthew 2... Starting in verse 1, it says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men. These were the magi. They came from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. This is a, this is a key part to understand. They didn't just come and go, well, that's great. There's a king coming. Hey, we want to just check him out. They actually came to worship him. There was something that they understood, even by just looking at the stars. And, and these magi, what they actually came, they were Persian. They came from, from that region. And, so, and the magi weren't, weren't just, uh, I know this, it's We Three Kings, right? You, you know the song. It was a whole convoy that actually, that's what is believed, that came in and they were bearing gifts. And these were the kind of the, the they had authority in, in ruling and in the priesthood uh, in the Persian area. And uh, they actually were called, their, their nickname was kind of kingmakers. They had great authority in, in establishing who would be the next king and how things were set in place. They were the wise men. They were the magi. Uh, and so when they came in, so King Herod, here is King Herod in Jerusalem, and uh, the magi come in, and they're coming from Persia. And so they're like, hey, where is this king of the Jews? And, uh, and I'm sure Herod's going right here. <laughs> What are you talking about? There's another king? And uh, so this is, let me just go on. This is what it says. It says, when, they, when he heard this, when it says they have come to worship him, King Herod heard this, and he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. It was the Roman Empire that actually had placed King Herod in that position of king of, of, the, of Judah, of that, that region. And uh, so here you have the Magi coming in saying, no, there's, there's another king, and we are coming to worship him. It goes on to say, when he had called together all the, the people's, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, it says he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. And so they, through the scriptures, it's actually in, in, in uh, Micah 5, uh, it says, they said, in Bethlehem, in Judea, that's where Jesus is going to be born. And so King Herod tells the, the Magi, and, uh, and then he's like, hey, by the way, when you find him, let me know so I can come worship him. Uh, his plan was not actually to worship him. His plan was to kill him, uh, which he, he then later on, so the Magi go, they find him, and then it says in a dream, they're warned not to go back to Herod. Herod goes on to then, because they didn't come back to him, Herod ends up killing all the, child, all the males under the age of two in the Bethlehem region. And... Uh, without getting into too much detail, um, says that an angel came to Joseph and basically warned him. He said, get out. And overnight, they, they fled and they left and they went to, to Egypt. Um, 
So Jesus was protected. But this happened right after the Magi came. And so they come, and it says that they, come, they came with, with three things. Now, they probably came with a lot more, but the fact that the Bible highlights these three things, I can tell you everything in the Word of God is of importance. Don't discount it. Don't disregard it. Uh, don't just kind of throw it out because um, we talked about this a few weeks ago. When you don't understand something, it's easy to just kind of read through and go, well, I don't get that one. We'll keep going. <laughs> but, but there are three things. There was the gold. There was, remember what the second one was? Not Frankenstein. It was actually frankincense. I don't know if you saw the video at the beginning. <laughs> uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And, uh, and as I was praying, I just felt like the Lord was just showing something. I, don't, I haven't necessarily seen a teaching on this or something, but, but I want to kind of equate this to three things. So they came and they worshiped and they brought these three things. Uh, I, 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 I want to look at it like this. So first of all, the gold is, is like it's your treasures. It's the things that you, the, the money, the finances, the things that we treasure most. And uh, that uh, it, says, it says where your treasure is, there your heart is. It says that in Matthew 6. And so one of the ways as we worship, we actually worship with our, with our treasures. Uh, when, we, when we do tithes and offerings, it's not just a, a formality. It's actually a form of worship to Him. As we're giving of our lives to Him, worship is not just singing songs. Worship is actually ultimately laying down our lives for the King. It's laying down everything. In, the, I'll just, in Matthew 16, it says this. It says, For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. They're the ones that will find life. So, so as I'm talking through these things, it, we've heard the, the time, treasure, and talents. And so I, I want to just equate that to what the Magi was doing here. So we have the treasure that's the gold. The frankincense, uh, this was something that was actually used. Uh, it goes all the way back to Exodus. It was used in the, in the temple, uh, and it was, it was also, it, it's, uh, in Psalm 141, it talks about it, it and equates it to prayer. Um, it's the incense that goes up, and it's, it's that prayer. It's that time that we spend with God, and, and this is where we get to know Him. When we, you can't get to know someone if you don't spend time with them, right? You, you can read a book about someone and you're like, oh, I know all about them. And then if you go hang out with them and go, hey, buddy, and they're like, who are you? <laughs> Never met you before. Yeah, but I read your book. <laughs> it, it's not just about a book. A book is good and there's a lot of information and, and the Bible is, is different than any other book because it is actually, it's spirit, it's truth. It, the Holy Spirit actually re reveals things through it. It's the very spoken word of God on paper. And so it's beautiful. But we need to know Jesus. We need to get to know him. And that's that place of prayer where we actually spend time with him and communicate with him. I get to know my wife because I spend time with her. If she were to just write a book about herself and I were to read it, I guarantee our relationship would not be very good. <laughs> uh, for all you guys, I know it would be the same kind of thing. Um, so, so the second one, frankincense, is, that, is that, that prayer. And then the third one is myrrh. And, I'm, and I just want to equate that to, to our talents. And at the end of the day, 
This is about laying down our lives. This is about saying, look, it's not about what we can do. It's actually what he can do in and through us. And as we lay down our stuff, our plans, our agendas, he begins to actually move in and through us. And let me say, we have a creator that designed us, created us with purpose to have the very best plan that we could possibly have. If you think you have a better plan than God for your life, you're sadly mistaken. <laughs> Let me tell you, his plan for your life is so much better, but what it requires is laying down our plan. That, that myrrh was, is actually used in the burials. And, uh, and it says we actually come to life when we actually die to ourselves and we're resurrected with him to new life. We are a new creation, but it actually, the new creation requires that the old creation dies. You can't, you can't have them both, right? Got that? Okay, so I, I want to tie this. This is what I was feeling. Is just um, So we worship with our lives, with our, our time, our treasures, and our talent. And what happens is this actually reveals the hope. There's a hope that comes into our lives. There's a peace that comes into our lives. There's a strength that comes into us. There's a patience. There's love. All the fruit of the Spirit actually begins to get revealed in our life. When we aren't worshiping Him with all those things, when we're not in that place of worship to Him, what happens is we actually step into a place of, of darkness. And let me, so let me kind of... So when we worship, we come into the light. When we don't worship, when we start to kind of do our own thing, we actually can walk in darkness. It talks about this in 1 John. And, and so this is what I, I want you to understand here is um, if you've ever kind of gone home late at night, maybe you're the only one, and you, 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 know, you go into your house and it's dark and all the lights are off, you ever have that moment of just like, Ugh someone's going to jump out from the left or from the right. <laughs> Am I the only one? I'm the only one. Okay, never mind. Forget it. <laughs> there is how, here's the thing. When there is darkness, a lot of times there's, there's a sense of fear that can come in. Like, I'm not I'm talking physical darkness right now, but let me just give you a quick example. When I was back in college, I, uh, uh, I went down to Cozumel with a bunch of people on spring break, and, and we were down there. Um, we decided to do this, this night dive. I don't know if you've ever done a night dive. It was pitch black. The moon was, there was no moon. We went out in the middle of the ocean, and, uh, and it was, I hadn't scuba dived in like five years. And, uh, and I'd never, all I did was I got my certification, and I actually did the open water dive right here in Chatfield <laughs> back in high school. Not the place to do an open water dive. <laughs> Go someplace warmer. Um, so, so we're down there. It's like five years later. And I'm like, ah, we got this. I'm sure they're going to walk through this, teach us how to do this. We're out in the middle of the ocean. It's pitch black. And, uh, and you, usually you get like you, you pair up. You got your buddy or something. There was none of this. This is Mexico. You know? <laughs> and it was like they don't care. I mean, you sign your little waiver or something. They're like, whatever. <laughs> I got your money. Um, so... So they said, okay, everybody go down. Why? Well, I'm like, ah, how do I use this thing again? And all of a sudden, everyone's down. I'm out in the middle of the ocean. It's pitch black. And I'm like, huh. <laughs> starting to breathe a little heavier. You know? <laughs> and you're like, and, and all these thoughts start to go through your head. 
And I'm looking around, and I can't see anything. And I'm like, there's probably 15 sharks right below me, right under my feet. Right? I mean, imagine, though, like you're out in the middle of the ocean. It's pitch black. You've seen some of these movies. And you hear that, da 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 And all these start, thoughts start rolling through your head. And, and all this fear comes in. Right? Does this make sense? Now, I can say after I figured it out, finally got down, finally calmed down, and uh, got under there, turned the light on, and it was like, oh, this is really cool. You see all the nightlife and everything. But, but there was just a, a time there where I was literally freaking out. I, I want to say, I think, in, in life, and in, especially in some of these times where things are dark, it is easy to allow ourselves to get into that place where, where all of a sudden fear begins to come in, things begin to come in, and it can actually cripple you. It can cripple your life. It can create stress in your life, which can lead to all sorts of crazy things. That is not what we're meant for. We aren't meant to walk in darkness. We aren't meant to have that fear crippling our lives. And so how do we actually come against that? How do we uh, walk out of that is, is through worship. As we begin to worship him, it actually brings the light. He says that he is the light. Uh, in John 8, it says, uh, Jesus is the light of the world. So there is no other light. There's no other, <laughs> there's nothing that's going to bring light into your life except him. He's it. So just as the Magi understood this, just as the shepherds understood this, this was the, a precious, beautiful moment in the darkest time, and, and God said, now's my perfect time. It's dark. I'm going to bring the light. I'm going to reveal the light into the world. And he reveals the light, and now our job is to come into that place of worshiping him. And when we worship him, it opens things up, and actually the light comes into us, and we get strengthened, and we get full of his light. Make sense? Okay, where do we go? <laughs> Let me just end with this. Kind of change things up just last minute here. So I just, just felt like this is where the Lord wanted to go. Um, so here's the thing. In uh, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18, it says this. Actually, let me start in 17. It says, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. That's that place of presence. That's when He is with us. When we begin to turn towards Him, it says there's freedom. That freedom is, is what we're looking for. It's that place where there is no fear, where we get to live life in the abundance that He has for us, where there's nothing that begins to cripple us. You guys get that? You guys understand what I'm saying here? This is so important. This is not just a little, I feel like this is not just a little Christmas message. This is a life-changing moment if you actually take hold of this. It goes on to say, and we, with unveiled faces, as we behold the Lord's glory, as we come into that place of worship to him, it says we are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. What we behold, we become. What we worship, we become like. When we actually set our eyes upon Him, He is light, we become light. 
we become love. We become hope. And we can release that hope to others. We have to have it on the inside of us before we can actually release it to others. And we're not meant to just hold it on the inside. We're not meant to just to, to keep it. In a moment, we're going we're gonna to get to do the candle lighting. And, and, uh, and it's such an amazing thing. But that light comes from Jesus, and then it comes through us. We become the conduit. That's all we are. And uh, if you go on right after that in, in 2 Corinthians 4, it says that uh, it says we're jars of clay. That's great. God calls us jars of clay. <laughs> but here's what else he says. He says, but we have an all-surpassing power that is from God that's on the inside of us. That's what we get to have as we set our hearts on him in a place of worship. I want to just take a moment. I know there are people probably in this room or watching online right now that, that maybe you don't know Jesus or maybe you've walked closely with him at, at one time and you just kind of started to, to go your own way. And maybe there's like that, that fear and that anxiety in your life, that overwhelmingness of, of life itself is just you're feeling the weight of life. And I want to say you don't have to live like that. That's not how life is intended to be. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are around us. It doesn't matter how difficult life gets. When we set our eyes on him in a place of worship, his promise is that he gives us life and he gives it more abundantly. He actually gives us life, but it requires us to make that shift and say yes to him. So I just want to take this moment, if that's you, and uh, we're just going to, I'm just going to say, say a prayer. And let me say, it's not just about a prayer. If you just go, well, if I just say this prayer, then, then life is good and everything's good. No, it's actually about a lifestyle. It's, it's actually about laying down the things of our life, laying down the, the time, the treasures, and the talents, just like the Magi did at the feet of Jesus as they worshiped him. They laid it all down at his feet. And they said, we come to worship you, King of the Jews. I want to give you this opportunity to, in that sense, lay it down and say, yes, I will worship you, the King, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So if you would, just bow your heads. We're going to just pray. And let this be just that first step to say yes to him. So if you would, just tell you what, if everyone would just Repeat after me out loud. Uh, and, and it's really just from your heart as you're going to say this. So just say, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that you are the light. You're the only light. You're the only way. I want to look to you. I'm sorry for going my own way. I turn from my own ways. Teach me to walk in your way. I desire to worship you with all that I have, with my time, with my talents, with my treasures. Thank you for coming to this earth and for giving me your light and your life. I choose you. I choose life. I accept you as my Lord. I accept you as my Savior.
and I worship you from this day forward. You're my light, and I adore you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <laughs> oh, I want to say if you did, if, if you said that from just from a position of your heart and this is a shift that you're making, boy, I would, I would love to, to come alongside you. If you, you can just email me at mikeattherock.org or email familyattherock.org and just let me know so that we can just kind of walk alongside you in this time. It's a, it's a journey that you're on, and, uh, but you don't have to walk in the darkness. You don't have to walk in that fear. You can have his hope. Uh, would you guys all stand for a moment? I want to just release something over you, and then we're going to then we're going to do the, the final part here. But this is something the Lord just put on my heart. So I'm going to ask you, just put your hands out. And, and you're just going to receive this. It's a, just hear these words. I just felt like this is something that the Lord just wanted to share and just to put in your heart. So just do this. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath. And just hear this. And here it is just as if the Lord's just speaking to you. Again, this is not thus saith the Lord, but just hear it. This is your finest hour. When you've done all to stand, stand in me. Knowing that the power and the strength that you have, it's not from you. It's from me. It's from my spirit. It's from my grace. It's from my love. It's from my peace. I have commissioned you to go out with joy and to be led forth with peace. Do you not know? Have you not heard? I am the Lord, your God, and on me alone will you succeed. So abide in me. Stay in me. Know me intimately and adore me. You will know me by the peace that I put in your heart when things look dim. Look to my light. I am the light of the world, the only light. There is no other light. When your eyes see my light, it will enlighten you with a light that outshines all darkness, all evil, all terror, all fear. My light is love, and my love will never fail. It will never forsake you. That's my promise. So arise, strengthen yourself in me, and you will know that I am God. Don't live by what you see, but by your knowledge of me. Put your faith in my words. Put your trust and your hope in me. When you do this, I will guide you through the blinding storm, and I will lead you to the stillness of my heart. This is a peace that surpasses all your understanding. And the strength of this world will not overtake you. I love you. You are my precious ones, my treasured possession. It is time to arise in me and to shine. May this be your finest hour. Amen. You guys can remain standing, and we're going we're gonna to end with some worship of candle lighting here. And, uh, as I talked about, this is, this is the candle that represents Jesus, bigger than all your candles. <laughs> uh, 
Let's never forget that all of our light comes from his light. So as I light this candle, and then this candle goes out to light all of your candles, receive Jesus' light. And then together, in that unity of the body of Christ, this is how we fill the earth with light and with love of Jesus for the glory of God. You got it? All right. So let's do this. Oh, one final reminder. <laughs> We're going to love our neighbors. So remember that the unlit candle is the one that turns. The lit candle remains upright so that you don't pour wax into your neighbor, okay? Let's be kind to our neighbors. <laughs> All right.